Sometimes, the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And now, your host, Ben Adelberg. And thanks again for joining me here at the Back of the Range Golf Podcast for this special bonus episode. I'm your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 66. Well, today is Friday, March 22nd, 2019. Normally, our episodes are released like clockwork every Wednesday morning. Well, we recorded a great episode yesterday that we were very fortunate to get. And I started thinking last night, why the hell would I hold this over till next week? Let's just get it out there so everyone can enjoy it. For those of you following on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, you knew about this since this morning. You are the insider, so to speak, here at the back of the range. So if you still have not done so, check out the show notes of this episode or go to our website, thebackoftherange.com. Start following us on social media because these bonus episodes are going to start happening more and more. Our special guest here today at the Back of the Range Golf Podcast, the United States Amateur Champion, Victor Hovland. If you don't know much about Victor Hovland, he's from Oslo, Norway. He followed his fellow Norwegian Christopher Ventura to Stillwater to attend Oklahoma State University. He's represented Europe twice in the Palmer Cup, won numerous events in Norway as a junior, and was part of last year's national championship team. Victor steamrolled through the competition at Pebble Beach last summer and won the U.S. Amateur after only being down in one match for one hole, the entire match play portion. He is part of the cowboy juggernaut that is working to go back-to-back at Nationals, but before that, he's going to go play the Masters. Down in Stillwater, Oklahoma, it's spring break, so Victor was available to the media yesterday to discuss his upcoming appearance in the Masters. His coach, Alan Bratton, was available as well, since he will be on the bag. We had Coach Bratton on the podcast last year, so after you listen to this episode with Victor, go ahead and check out Coach Bratton's episode as well. The link will be available in the show notes of this episode as well. Before we get going with Victor's episode, a special thanks to the Oklahoma State Athletic Department for coordinating some time with us today. They are the number one ranked golf program in the nation, and it's not just because of the team on the course, it's their entire team off it as well. So let's welcome in the All-American junior from Oklahoma State, the number two ranked amateur in the world, and the United States amateur champion, Victor Hovland. Victor, welcome to the back of the range. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Appreciate it. I know that you're dealing with uh, media day over there in Stillwater. Uh, a lot of media talking to you about your upcoming appearance in the Masters. Um I wanted to try and do something a little bit more fun for you. I know you've gotten a ton of questions about the the victory at Pebble Beach and what it's going to be like to, to play in the Masters. So we try and do our research here at the back of the range. We try and make sure we don't ask questions that you're normally asked. So let's try and have okay. a little, so let's try and have a little fun here. If I ask you a question today that you have heard just ad nauseum, Feel, feel free to reply in Norwegian, and that will kind of let me know that I need to get off that <laughs> and that I'm not doing my work. So, for, That is interesting. All right. I'll uh, make sure to do that. Okay. So if I'm going to ask you the question, this is just this is a trial, okay? So this is my warm-up one. But if I asked you a question hypothetically like, um, how special is it going to be to drive down Magnolia Lane in a few weeks? Your answer would be? Ooh, I actually haven't gotten that question. You're kidding. I'm not kidding. 
All right. Well, it's all been about uh, playing the Masters, not driving down there. Well, first of all, I haven't had my driver's license for that long, so I'm I'm going to be pretty nervous, almost more nervous than playing a tournament because I might <laughs> hit one of the freaking trees. <laughs> Wait a minute. So a rookie playing in the Masters is more nervous about hitting a tree with his car than off the first yes. tee. Okay. 100%. All right. I like it. Um, well, who's driving you there? Like, you're, you're not going to trust yourself. Like, how are you getting there? What's your what's your group looking like? Well, uh, I'm going to have my whole family down there. Good. Um, or a big chunk of them. And uh, Coach Braden's going to caddy. So uh, ho- hopefully I'll rely on his experience when it comes to driving as well. Of course. Not okay. just on the course. Of course. Well, that's great. You know, that, that, uh, that's great. Cause I was going to ask you who was going to caddy for you. And I, sh- I'm assuming that question you would have received already. So, yep. uh, so you got coach on the bag. Perfect. Um, well, you've been super busy, you know, you, uh, um, you know, you were, you were just down playing at the Arnold Palmer Invitational Orlando. I'm assuming you, you shot back uh, to school really quickly. And then you're right back here in South Florida playing in the Valspar uh, you tied for fifth mm-hmm. doing all this media. Um, what are, what are some of the challenges that you have just balancing this crazy life that you have with all of these golf accomplishments, but also, I mean, I'm assuming your professors would like you to attend some classes here and there, right? <laughs> yeah. Thankfully I have a couple of online classes, but yes, uh, it, it's been a very big change. Um, obviously I've gotten the opportunity to play a couple of tour events and professional events, and um, on top of the college tournaments as well, I definitely find myself being on the phone a lot more. Sure. Uh, just talking to people all the time, and uh, which I enjoy doing, but uh, it's definitely uh, a change of pace. Um, I need to be more efficient with my time. If I'm practicing, I need to practice um, on the things that I need to work on, sure. which has which honestly been challenging because I'm a pretty – laid back guy um i like to just wake up in the morning and uh if we have workouts we work out and then uh when we're going to the course i like to take a little long lunch hang out with the guys and just talk and then you know i'll go and hit some balls and play nine holes and uh instead of going home or doing whatever i'll sit inside the locker room and and chill for 30 minutes and then go back out there smack some more balls so I spent a lot of time at the course and not all that time is spent practicing, um, which is just kind of how I go about my business. I like to do it in the pace that I like to. So I'm, I might have to get a little better doing that stuff or, uh, be more efficient. Yeah. Life, life might get a little more complicated, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, I, I know that you're a little laid back, not because I have met you or spent any time with you, but in preparations for this episode, you know, we, we have, we do a little research and we, we find ways to reach out to people. And, um, you know, I actually spoke with, uh, Christopher Ventura yesterday and, oh, I, really? and I said, you know, I'm talking to Hovland for the podcast. I said, you know, I've seen every clip, I've seen every highlight. I'm not just going to read all these stats off to him that he already knows and people and our listeners already know, but you know Ventura plays the minor league golf tour down here in South Florida. Scott Turner is the director and he helped put us together and I said, "What do I need to know about Hovland?" And he gave me a bunch of stuff that we can't repeat on the on this episode. <laughs> no, 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But no, but I said, "You know, what what do I need to know? What would, I want to know something about this guy." And he's like, "Well, he's he's pretty laid back and he kind of does his own thing. So when you mentioned about 
having the restriction of your own personal time. You sp- you told me that you spend time on the phone. I know that you are into podcasts. I know that you're into movies. So yeah. let's, let's move away from the golf a little bit. Let's talk some movies. What movies do I need to see? What is uh, stuff that you've been watching on the road or on flights uh, coming to or from tournaments? What do I need to know? <laughs> so uh, we, we just started talking about the time management deal. I actually, when I was in high school, I think – I would probably say over the three years, I averaged a movie per day okay. for three years. <laughs> I watched a lot of movies, but now the last couple of years, I, ha- I really haven't watched any movies at all. But, um, you know, there's, I really like Interstellar, okay. um, you know, a lot of the Christopher Nolan movies, yep. um, Inception and all those kind of mind twisting movies, but there's also a bunch of you know, underrated movies that I kind of like. As long as they have a, an interesting plot, uh, I like to watch them. Uh, so there's <laughs> really low-budget movie called The Cube and uh, The Exam and uh, just a lot of weird, weird stuff. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, I'll have to look up some of those. Uh, I haven't I haven't heard – I mean, I know the Christopher Nolan and, and yeah, he just completely t- turned around the whole Batman uh the Batman yeah. series with his work and I love Inception too. So I'll look into that. Um, All right. But besides my podcast, what other podcast do you listen to religiously? He said that you're like two hours, a, like two hours a day on podcast. That can't be true. <laughs> I used to, again, it's been, it's been harder to keep up, but I used to, or I used to listen to podcasts every day. Nice. Um, and I used to be, um, I still listen to them, but just not as much. Uh, the Joe Rogan podcast. Yep, I love Rogan. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't listen to every single episode because he, he puts them out there. They're like three, <laughs> but, uh, four hours long. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I usually, if I like the guest or uh, I've heard of him or uh, like the topics are interesting, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to him. Um, but the one podcast that I listen to all the time and every single episode is it, it used to be called waking up with Sam Harris. Um, and I think now it's making sense with, uh, Sam Harris. He just changed it. Um, so he's like, a I think he's a neuroscientist and he's now an author and kind of talking about, you know, philosophical things like AI and, um, free will if there's a free will or not and kind of politics and um so pretty interesting stuff yeah and this kind of ties into something that uh, christopher said you know you're not just about golf like you actually have other facets of your life that you're passionate about and you you it sounds to me that you're pretty well balanced what's uh what's a good uh christopher ventura story we always like letting guests kind of go back and tell stories about previous guests or actually future guests in this case because he is going to be on the podcast okay. in the future. So um, give me a good, I mean, this is your guy. This is, I mean, it was team Norway and in, in Stillwater last year, but he's gone. He graduated. Yeah. This was your guy last year. This guy's, you know, semi or pretty closely responsible for you getting to Stillwater. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. So give me a good Ventura story. I'm really bad. on just like on top of my head naming yeah, yeah, yeah. stories, but he's, he's been very helpful for me when I started school because i didn't really know anyone and he was you know kind of like an older brother to me um you know he helped me buy a car and 
um, all that stuff and just kind of oh, no. He's the one. Yeah. So he's the one. His name. His <laughs> exactly. shit. His his he, name he is. He finagled me uh, the way to get a car, which uh, you know was nice to me, but probably not nice to everyone else. I was gonna say this guy's name is on the title of the car that's gonna knock out a tree at Augusta National. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. We'll just blame Chris. Yeah, it's um, not your fault. Exactly. Um, but I remember, you know, a lot of times we would hang out on the course and play and, you know, we would play nine holes when it would be, you know, 15 below, uh, zero, uh, Fahrenheit. Right. And just, you know, the greens be frozen and we would freeze our butts off and we would just kind of laugh about it and play. And then, you know, next weekend it'd be sunny and, uh, we would go out fishing and, you know, just have a good time. So, um, yeah, it's just like we had a, we had a bunch of good times together. That's great. Well, um, I cannot wait to talk to him. I know he's he's you know he got that bad uh, that bad luck with the appendicitis and kind of yeah dumped him yeah. out of that uh, that Q school. But uh, it sounds like he's keeping his game sharp and he's going to kind of round to doing a bunch of Monday qualifiers and things like that. So so yep. yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about that tournament you're going to play in 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 Georgia. Now I think everyone knows that you you know, this happens in a couple of weeks, but you've known about this for quite some time. Obviously, as soon as you get into the finals at the U S uh, at the USAM at Pebble beach, you know, you're going to Augusta. I'm sure that the highs and the lows and everything that's kind of come since then has kind of faded and a little bit more of a consistency. When did you start arranging your first visit to Augusta national? Because I am assuming that you are not going to play the course for the very first time. Um, master's week. So actually I've, I haven't been there yet. Really? Um, I have not. You know, they'll um, let you there. Just call them up and ask them. Tell them who you are. <laughs> I'm too shy. You no, know, um, I was wondering about that because how do you not just be like, uh, excuse me, hi, I'm uh, Victor Hovland. Uh, I, uh, is there a, can I get in uh, late tea time? Can you every, every day for the yeah. next three months. <laughs> how do you not, how do you just not like overstep? And But, but also why wouldn't you just be like, look, I know I'm going to at some point turn professional and I'll have a chance at it. But hey, why wouldn't I just, you know, wear out my welcome a little bit, right? Yeah. Well, you know, since I've had the opportunities to play a few PJ tournaments and um, you know, professional events on top of the college stuff, it's been, you know, it's been a very hectic schedule. Sure. I've it seems every time I come to Stillwater, it's just for a little, you know, I just pop in for a couple of days and I'm on and then I'm on the road again. Yeah. Um so I really just have not had the opportunity to, um, you know, just kind of settle in and, and think about, okay, now I want to go to Augusta and play. Um, but I tried to do it a couple weeks ago, actually before Bay Hill, but uh, I didn't really feel like my game was as good as it needed to be. So I decided to go down to Florida and see my coach uh, and work on a couple stuff. Um, but I'm playing next week. I'm playing the Georgia Cup. And I'm planning on driving to Augusta right after that and play a couple rounds. Good, so good for um, you. I I think also that I think that's that might be the latest I can probably play the course before the Masters week, and um, I think maybe that's a good thing because the course will be you know close to ready for the tournament. Of course, and you know, and then on the other hand, maybe you know less practice rounds, maybe you just go in and treat it like another tournament. So who knows, maybe that'll work out in your benefit as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, practice rounds, have you reached out? Do you have uh do you have any a wish list? 
we haven't set anything specific up for the practice rounds, but um, um, I've kind of gotten to know Charles Howell a little bit. Um, he's been very good to me over the past uh, few weeks and months when I've played the few uh, PJ tournaments that I have. Sure. Um, so I might do something with him and uh, coach has been talking to Ricky a little bit about, you know, maybe setting up with uh, uh, some of the bigger names, but um, we'll see. Do you have any shame at all of going up and getting Sergio Garcia's autograph? Because I know you're a big fan of him. I mean, <laughs> are you going to try and play it cool, or are you just going to like not even try and just be like, "Excuse me, Mr. Garcia, I'd uh, just want to introduce I'll, myself." Uh, I'll I'll make sure to big time him. Yeah. No, uh... <laughs> oh, oh no, come on, yeah, that'd be really great no, if you're actually able to I, do that. I'm not a big autograph guy. Okay, um, but uh, you know. And I'm not, you know, us Europeans, we're not the best at just walking up to random people and just start talking. I know. Uh, but I'll make sure to stare him down from a distance. Just, How about I, that? Yeah, just, you know, <laughs> you know, maybe, you know, maybe accidentally just like, you know, blade a ball across the chipping green into the yeah. bunker when he's there. Just, you know, hello, <laughs> nice seeing you. Um, yeah. You mentioned your swing coach, Denny Lucas. So I know that you kind of were struggling a little bit with your game a few months before the USAM and then things kind of took off. But you know, we have a lot of people listening to the podcast that are, you know, whether they're 15 handicappers or five, or they're even junior players that are going to go down the same road of, of playing collegiately. How do you pick a swing coach? How does someone that is an elite amateur, you know, you kind of have to be aware of what you're getting into because it's not just like, okay, I, I want to go see a guy for a quick lesson to shave a couple strokes off. You're, mm -hmm. you're putting together a collegiate career, hopefully leading into professional career. How did that start with him? You know, how did you get to know to trust him to put your swing in his hand, so to speak? Mm -hmm. So, um, so I, I used to have a coach back home in Norway and, um, I still talk to him and he's, you know, he's a good friend and, uh, we get along great, but I, I wanted something kind of a, a different input to my swing. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I used to, you know, I'll be on YouTube the whole night. Uh, just looking at golf, golf swing uh, videos and analysis and tips and whatnot. Um, and I found this one guy, um, his name is Kelvin Mihira, and uh, he's based in Hawaii. And I found his YouTube, YouTube uh, channels and I started, you know, listening to all the videos and I, and I was, I, I thought that was, he had a very unique way of explaining things. And I figured out he had a website and a bunch of articles on there. So I started reading them and I was, you know, I was very intrigued. So I reached out and, uh, we, we, um, you know, I just started sending videos online. So I was still in Norway and he was in Hawaii, but I was sending videos to him online and I got to meet him once in, uh, Jupiter. Okay. Um, but, uh, a couple of years ago, he, uh, he had a stroke and got sick. Um, and he's, you know, he's still trying to recover from that. And, uh, Denny Lucas at the time was his right hand man. And, um, you know, I kind of naturally progressed into working with him and, um, we've been working with each other, uh, since then. Very cool. Yeah. Cause he is certified with, with, uh, with his teaching. So mm -hmm. yeah. All right. So it's, it's definitely something that you did a lot of your research. So you're, you kind of like the analysis 
aspect of it. How do you? I do. Okay, so yeah. how do you? And you know, because I just saw Deshambo on on um, on Faraday the other night, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's a whole other end of the spectrum. But I guess my question is: Do you take the analytical mindset out on the course with you, or do you keep that on the range? and try and clear your mind on the course like how do you balance I, the effect? yeah yeah how do you balance that i i keep that on the range okay. um i'm very technical off the course and i like to know a lot of stuff and i like to improve all the time but when i'm on the course i keep things very simple okay. um um even if i like it or not um you know i'll play with what i have and uh there's a lot of feel that i'm using when i'm on the course but then you know when i'm not playing a tournament, I'll, you know, evaluate my game and I'll reach the conclusion that, okay, this was not very good. How do I need to improve it? And then I'll talk to my coach and we'll try to figure it out. And then I'll, I'll be working on that when I'm not playing tournaments. Makes perfect sense. We're going to jump around a little bit. I'm not going to give the full, um, you know, beginning of your, your uh, journey in golf. I know you, you kind of picked up the game in Norway. I, I believe your dad got you into the game. And mm-hmm. things kind of turned for you when you all of a sudden were like, okay, in the winter, I want to find a place indoors to hit balls and, you know, let's make this kind of a passion. But you get recruited, uh, you know, Coach Bratton was in Europe, saw, you know, you know, Chris Ventura also saw you, kept an eye on you, and that's kind of what got you to Stillwater. But, you know, you're you're from Norway, and I guess my, <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. You mentioned that you're kind of laid back. You kind of go at your own speed. And as soon as you get over to the United States and then you get over to Oklahoma, the <laughs> the one of the best exports of American culture, a reality show gets dropped on you. Um, <laughs> how, what was your reaction? I mean, you, you, you're trying to get acclimated to, to Oklahoma and college and golf. And then you find out that Ricky Fowler is going to do a TV show. And oh, by the way, it's focused on your golf team. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um I would never imagine right, like, uh, what what has happened to us, uh, not just me, but just, you know, the golf team and the amount of publicity that I've, that we've uh, gotten uh, throughout the last couple of years, just, you know, before moving to the U.S. as just a normal Norwegian kid. Yeah, because uh, you're not expecting any of this stuff. You're thinking I'm going to no. take a few classes, play some cool golf, and maybe I'll turn exactly, pro and yeah. we'll see. Yeah. So that's, that's definitely been an eye opener to me, kind of how, how big college sports are in the United States and kind of what, uh, opportunities you can, uh, get from it if you, if you perform well. So that, that's been pretty crazy. Um, and I, I used to be a pretty, or I still am, but I used to be way more reserved, right. pretty introverted. Um, you know, at night I'd be exhausted at, you know, I was just, sitting in my dark room with a headset on watching movies. Okay. Uh, so, you know, when suddenly there's going to be a TV show and they're going to uh, follow you around with the cameras up in your face, that was definitely a, I can imagine. a, a, a big difference. But, um, and also with the culture, people are a lot um, easier to talk to over here. Um, you know, people talk to strangers all the time. And, yeah. Um, so that, that's definitely helped me not change, I would say, but at least adapt to, you know, now it can, now I, I, it's funny cause I'll be at the airport and I'll say something and start a conversation. Um, I would never do that before. I I'd be 
scared to death to, to just to talk to someone. Right. Uh, well, it's but, actually, it's not your, it's, I mean, and I'm not, correct me if I'm wrong, but it really is not in the Scandinavian culture. I've been to Stockholm. I can't say that Sweden and, and Norway are exactly the same, obviously, but yeah, I know in yeah. that kind of area of the world, you don't necessarily talk to strangers on the street. You don't necessarily make no. eye contact. So it's not, not like, at all. Yeah. yeah. No, I've I've been there and experienced that. I was like, wow, this is uh, <laughs> this is a little different. Who uh, who yeah. was who? Did it take you long to get comfortable in front of the camera? Like who? You, there's no way you were the worst. I mean, you you seem very confident, uh, you know, during interviews that I've seen and then on the show. Who uh, who had to do the most retakes? Uh, I don't know to be honest. Uh, we didn't really do any retakes. I think they just cut it all out. The, okay. <laughs> the things that we did bad, but um. It's a little different one-on-one interviews because then it's it's only you, right? Uh, but then I think it's more difficult in a group because you know at the same time we're we're all good friends, but there's usually one or two guys that you know like to steal the show. Uh, to put it that way, you can you can say his name. We all know who you're talking about. It's okay. <laughs> Not <laughs> it's okay. Not in a bad way, but just kind of the the bigger personalities show up and then you, you want to keep it family friendly and uh, <laughs> so it's you, you kind of just sit there okay well, what should i say uh that does not make me look stupid <laughs> and then you just end up saying nothing at all right you're um, like the deaf mute of the, of the golf team like yeah that's that's victor he just he doesn't talk yeah. Yeah, you don't you don't want to do that either right <laughs> exactly so, uh, but it definitely took a, a long time to get adjusted to, but then you start to get to know the guys behind the camera and it, yeah. it becomes very natural. Yeah. And they want to take care of you too. They're not trying to, to get you. They want to, they want to, um, you know, put you in a good spot and have a little fun with it. Um, yeah. Ex- ex- except for when they ask questions about OU, they definitely weren't oh, thinking about a... your best interests <laughs> with that. They were doing that <laughs> crap to you guys. Oh Yeah. They were trying to get a reaction, trying to make good TV. Oh, well, that is actually an interesting strategy. So you really can't fault him for that. But um, wow. <laughs> no, but they were all good. They were all good. Okay. And just for the record, we were not talking about Matthew Wolf when we said to someone that wants to be the most famous. <laughs> we were not doing that. So just make sure we have that on record. Um, exactly. So uh, team format. So we're going to jump around just uh, just some kind of miscellaneous stuff. Team formats. You've had great success. European amateur team stuff. Eisenhower Trophy. Um, you know, you've, you've represented Europe, uh, twice in the Palmer cup. Um, you know, I would imagine that, uh, somewhere down the line, you would like to hear your name announced a, uh, as a member of a European Ryder cup team. So let's have a little fun here, regardless of age or who might be on that team. Who's a Euro Ryder cupper that you would love to be your partner for that opening match. Wow. That's cool. Um, just any European. You can grab has- anyone you want to. You can grab someone that you think is going to be with you in ten years, or someone that you know. Maybe you can someone you can grab out of retirement as as you know Victor's captain's pick, so to speak, and that's going to be your partner for the first match. You can pick anyone you want to. Wow, um, that's pretty cool. Um, so when I played the European uh, boys team championships in Scotland for the first time, I played with uh, a veteran on the national team. His name is Christian Johannesson. He plays a European tour right now. Okay. Um, and I remember I was so nervous, and he's played a bunch of them. Um, so I kind of relied on kind of his experience, but we ended up both playing awesome in the foursome matches that we played. 
and just blitzed the the other countries and we had so much fun and we were just fist pumping and and ha- and high fiving all the time so um that'd be really cool to play with him there obviously um christopher ventura yeah um that'd be awesome um but yeah other than that um what would it be like henry, play- henry Stenson yeah. or sergio garcia i think that that'd be that'd be pretty cool yeah no, those are all those are all pretty good good names. That's actually very cool that instead of you picking a marquee name, your first thought was someone you played, you know, boys, uh, you know, boys mm-hmm. tournament. That's very very cool. So hopefully, both of you guys make it there at the same time. Um, yeah. You know, for something that Ventura did for you, you know, what are some things that you would pass along to a, you know, a future standout junior from Norway that would call you up and say, hey, I'm I'm thinking about going to college in the states and playing golf, you know not so much Oklahoma state, but you know, or maybe specific to Oklahoma state, what are some things that, you know, now that you've been doing it for three years, you've been in the States, is there anything you can pass along to, to a, to a junior player from, from Norway? Like don't do this or don't, you know, besides driving, <laughs> yeah, we're like, not, we're not, you're not putting out any driving videos on YouTube anytime soon. I hope. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good question. Cause it's kind of, you know, I still feel like I'm the, I'm that guy who just, came to college and was used to, you know, kind of relying on Chris a little bit and, and my other teammates. But then suddenly now I'm an, I'm an upperclassman yeah. and trying to teach some of the freshmen around a little bit and, um, you know, kind of helping them uh, if they need something and kind of getting used to that, which <laughs> I'm not used to. It's, <laughs> it's, it's still weird to uh, think about that. I'm, uh, you know, giving advice to other people Um uh, but, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot that goes to it, but I would say that, you know, it's very important to, to listen to everybody, listen to all the different arguments to every single side mm-hmm. and you got to make up your mind. Um, you know, I've, I've always been a fan of, you know, not just listening to one person cause then it's very easy to, you know, you just doing what he's doing. Right. But if you can evaluate, uh, okay, that makes sense. But uh, why is this guy opposed to what he's saying? And then you listen to his arguments and then you figure out, oh, okay. Well, I could see how both make sense. But, you know, I think personally, if I go to the college, for example, let, let it be that I'm going to be a better player doing that at Oklahoma State than, for example, turning pro out of high school. Um, so you just kind of need to figure out, okay, this is what worked for you, um, but how is this going to work for me, if that makes sense? Makes perfect uh, sense. You're weighing all your options and making an educated decision. So that's, yeah. that's fantastic advice. Yeah. Uh, so I would, you know, I would say I, I get some people asking me, if, you know, should I go to college or not? Um and I would say, yes, you should at least try it out because yeah. you can always leave. Um, but that doesn't mean that every single college is going to make you better. Um, I think college golf is great and prepares you really well. But I've been very lucky going to Oklahoma State and having the right fit. Um, you know, I'm, I just mentioned earlier that I, I'm a little introverted. I you know, kind of like the less distractions and yeah. Uh, like the quietness around me. And for that reason, Stillwater is perfect. Like it, 
it's you're here for golf and uh it's just you you can do your own business and people are nice but you know if i would have gone to maybe arizona state or florida state or a bigger town i might have struggled uh so it's just you know you look into things that you think is going to be the right fit for you well, and the other thing that I thought about, too, when getting prepared to talk to you today is you win the U.S. Amateur, and if you went to a school that did not have such a rich history and pedigree in golf, you might have been just the big, big focus for the entire time from when you won at Pebble to right about now when you're getting ready to go play the Masters. But your mm-hmm. team and all the people on that team, whether it's Eckrode and, and, and you know, Wolf and, and, and Zach Bouchot and all these players – you know, they're all having tremendous success as well, where you're kind of just in a spot where this is the normal, this is the norm. Mm, Exactly. So you probably pretty much unpacked the USAM victory. I'm assuming pretty closely after you won and you went back to business as usual, right? Yeah, uh, that's exactly right. Um, And I remember that was one of the reasons I came to school here Uh, on my visit. I looked down the hallway and just saw all the trophies and, looked at the wall, you got Hunter Mayan, Ricky Fowler, um, you know, Bob Tway, Scott Verplank. Uh, there's so, there's so many good names on the wall. And then, you know, you, you can think, you can easily think you win a college tournament and think, okay, I'm, I'm the freaking guy. Yeah. I'm playing so sweet right now. But then you look around, Oh, you know, Scott Verplank won all those tournaments as an amateur. Um, <laughs> I should probably, you know, get back to work and win a couple more tournaments before I think I'm any good. <laughs> sure. That's very, very cool when you're able to, as, you know, besides Ricky, who is someone, cause I don't know, are you a big golf historian? Are you big on history? Do you know, you know, all the history of Oklahoma state or are, are you big into master's history? Like I would imagine you mentioned YouTube. I would be watching YouTube videos just all night long about old masters and just, <laughs> I mean, are you big into golf history? I, I like to hear stories. So when coach Bratton talks about uh, when he played in school and this and this happened, right. Uh, I, I really like to listen to that stuff, but I, I'm not going to go out of my way to do research on it. Sure. So there's a lot that I don't know, but uh, it, uh, I do like to listen to, you know, kind of not the older guys cause he's going to rip into me, but uh, <laughs> I remember recently or uh, the latest time was probably for homecoming last year. Sure. And Ricky Morgan Hoffman, Kevin play and Peter Uline were here. And, uh, we played some golf together and hung out so that, I mean, that's really cool that, you know, that, uh, the alumni care so much about this place and they really, you know, obviously they had a good time when they were there that, you know, they care enough to come back and, uh, you know, try to help us or, you know, just hang out and have a good time. So that's, that's really cool. Um, and then, um, you know, getting to talk to Charles Howe a little bit and, you know, how his times in college were and, you know, just listen to more stories. And uh, I remember last year, again, we had in the fall, we had a team dinner, uh, in Dallas with, uh, uh, a bunch of other alumni. And I remember there were there were guys that are, you know, over seven years old playing with coach holder and uh, even before coach holder and just, you know, kind of hearing stories from their time. And uh, it's, it's pretty cool to, to listen to kind of the, you know, the, the relationship that we 
all have together just because we went to Oklahoma State. It's it's a very strong bond, and uh, uh, it, it it's really cool to be a part of. Oh yeah, I can imagine. It's just it's a time capsule. I mean that it just goes back so far, and at any moment you can just pop in there, and that's gonna, mm-hmm. that's going to be you at some point. You're going to be able to pop back in and share your stories, and um, you know when you when you closed out Cole Hammer at the USAM semis, your phone went haywire. Everyone wants to be your caddy at the Masters, so <laughs> so I know you've gotten that question. So I don't have to expect you to reply in in, in Norwegian. So I will ask you this question instead. Um, instead of asking about who your caddy uh, would be, which we all know it's going to be Coach Bratton, if you weren't playing in the Masters and you had the opportunity to caddy for someone, who would you caddy for? Wow. <laughs> um, well, I am a big Tiger fan, so it'd be, you know, it'd be pretty sweet to caddy for him, sure. especially if he, you know, was coming down the stretch and doing his thing. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably say Tiger. So that's a good choice. Final question before we let you get out of here. I don't know if you follow this, but the most recent, and I'm not making this up. I know it sounds like I am, but I'm not. In the most recent happiness report, Norway is ranked third happiest country in the on the planet, behind Denmark and Finland. Make your you know case. What? I don't really, I don't really believe that because it's usually number one. Fi- <laughs> no, I, I'm tell I'm going to send this to you, but make your case, Victor Hovland. You have a other than having a U.S. Amateur champion from Norway. <laughs> why are Norwegians so damn happy? Why should they be number one? Go ahead. Um, sell me on Norway. Okay, well, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's funny when I go when I go back, I'm just more miserable because the weather's so bad. <laughs> but. <laughs> No, I mean, I think if you just talk about it generally, people are uh, usually pretty well off. Unemployment rates are really low. People have money. Um, and people are usually pretty active in sports. Right. Uh, people like to do stuff. Uh, and there's a good sense of community when it comes to, you know, soccer. Every single kid growing up plays soccer. And, you know... So it's it's hard to be really depressed if you know you got yeah. something to do and you have a community that you've got uh, mutual interests in. So I, I you know I think and that that's the same case for for Denmark and Finland. It's, you know Scandinavia is very similar that way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Who uh, who amongst your player your your teammates right now? If you took a golf trip, you know you had the culture shock coming down to uh, to to Stillwater coming to the United States, if you pack up the team and head out to Oslo for a week, <laughs> who on your team is just going to be like, dude, I can't handle this. Like what, what, where are we? <laughs> Zach Boshi for sure. Nice. I got you. To, <laughs> I finally got you to peg a teammate. I got it. Yes. All right. So uh, why, why, well, wait a minute. Boshu won two Canadian amateurs. He's used to the cold. What's it? Why can't he handle Oslo? Well, the thing is like, he's, you know, he's, uh, he's got a very different view on things. Um, <laughs> it's funny. We get, we get into all, uh, into debates and discussion all the time and we just rip into each other. So I think, you know, it's a very common misconception that, you know, uh, Norway is, you know, we do have a very strong welfare state, but it's not, you know, we don't 
do communism and we do have freedom as you know <laughs> most other countries do as well but There's some serious damn topics for a golf podcast I mean, <laughs> this is, who uh this, this is really i gotta i'm not i'm not as bright as you dude so you gotta slow this down um who i forgot to ask you who has the best matthew wolf swing impersonation Ooh, oh uh, that's a good one um I, I have a really you know most people usually get the backswing right Right. But, well, but the, then, well, the knee thing, the knee, tri- the knee trigger, yeah, that's that's pretty simple. And then the backswing, um, yeah. So yeah, so, but it's uh, you know it's uh, it, it's pretty difficult to do. I've I've seen a lot of good attempts, but uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't really uh, give anything anyone the credit of doing a good impression let, let, <laughs> impression on it. Yeah, he he seems to have it. He seems to have it pretty much dialed in. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Victor, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, you're you're great to talk to. Uh, congrats on all your success. Enjoy the Masters. Get an Uber. Don't drive yourself. Um, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, you got that whole national championship thing coming up again. Go, trying to go back to back. I wish you the best with that. And hopefully, we'll be able to catch up and do it again soon. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me on. I actually. I actually enjoyed this a lot more than I thought. Oh, well, and you know what? You know the thing. <laughs> wait a minute. Let me hold on. We didn't get you to answer anything in Norwegian, so let me at least let me give you the benefit of closing the episode out in your in your native language. So let me see if I can ask you one. Um, okay, what do I know you've gotten before? Okay, how special was it to win the U.S. Amateur at Pebble Beach? That was very special. Um, jag spelade väldigt god golf och uh, och gjorde det på Pebble Beach är uh, var otroligt kul med den historien som uh, stod bak det. <laughs> And there you have it in Norwegian no less. Victor Havlin, thanks so much for joining us here at the Back of the Range today. I hope everyone enjoyed this bonus episode. Good luck to him and Coach Bratton at the Masters this year and the rest of the Oklahoma State Cowboys as they chase down a national championship. Remember, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Go subscribe and Apple Podcast. Leave a review. I can't stress enough how important that is. Have a great weekend, everyone. We will see you next week for episode 67 here at the back of the range.